welcome to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Roots Show, where, as always, guys, we are going to focus on bluegrass and American Roots musicians. Now, by the end of the show, I'm hoping that you guys will have as much passion for this type of music as I do. And I'm really excited for today's show, guys. You want to know why? Because I recently had time to sit down with Grayson Jenkins for an interview, and the music today is all spotlighting artists that were highlighted at the Brantling Bluegrass Festival in Sodus, New York. Let's start things off with a track from Mountain Highway. This is their rendition of Down the Road. Alright guys, I've got time for one more track for you before I take a quick break. This one comes from a band who I am going to be lucky enough to see again at the Thomas Point Beach Bluegrass Festival. If you have never seen Williamson Branch before, I highly suggest it. Their act is so good. 
This next track comes from their classy, sassy, bluegrassy album. This one's called Blue Moon Over Texas. yet guys when i come back is the interview with grayson jenkins and some more toe tapping bluegrass brought to you by our friends in the adirondacks bear tracks hey guys welcome back let's jump right into the interview i had recently with grayson jenkins so at what age did you notice yourself professionally getting into music? I started getting professional with music, I guess, about the age of, I would say, 22, 23. Um, I started playing uh, when I was in college and then eventually got a house gig at a bar in Lexington, Kentucky called Henry Clay's Public House and started playing there at the end of my senior year of college. But even at that point, it was uh, an afterthought that I could ever do anything with it professionally. Uh, but after working and playing there uh, on the weekends um, and gigging around other places, a couple years later I started realizing that, you know, maybe this is something that, that I can do full-time. And so I kind of sunk my teeth in and, and gigged as much as I could and looked for opportunities, opening for bands and jumping on festivals and things that I thought would, would help kind of boost my career. Um, and so, yeah, I guess about 23 um, 
I really started getting serious. And then at the age of 27, I quit my job um, and uh, started doing it full time. And so at that point, it really took a, a step up um, after I was just doing music full time and still a learning process, but uh, happy to be able to make a living uh, doing something that I, that I love. Are there musicians in your family who inspired you to play? I do have uh, one uh, musician in my family that I consider an inspiration for starting, and that's my uncle Brian. He's my uncle by marriage, um, but he was really the first musician I feel like that I met. Um, you know, I grew up in rural Western Kentucky, and so aside from singing in church, I grew up in Church of Christ, so it was all a cappella even there and so the first musician I feel like I met was my uncle Brian and he would sometimes bring his guitar up um, and he's the one that taught me my first couple chords on the guitar um, I guess I was about 14 years old and then I'd kind of piddled around with it for a few months then but didn't jump into it until college but um, yeah I remember for the first couple years I had a guitar he changed my strings for me and um, I went down and recorded a couple little uh, demos at his house and um, you know, without that kind of inspiration and somebody that I knew and looked up to and respected and loved, um, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now. So shout out to Uncle Brian. Who are your musical influences? I've got a ton of musical influences, and it, it varies a lot project to project who I'm really pulling from because it's either directly or indirectly influenced by what I've been listening to Um I think early on I was influenced by a lot of the radio country and then whatever cassettes that my dad had in the truck. And so that was a lot of Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings and some Willie Nelson. Uh, my mom was into the Eagles, like a lot of people. And so uh, a lot of inspiration there. Uh, but then also just radio country. I mean, Tim McGraw, uh, Tracy Lawrence, John Michael Montgomery, uh, Clint Black, all those, George Strait, most definitely. Um, a lot of those folks that were... Um, singing and playing good songs that were on the radio. That was really my only access to music early on. Since then, I've gotten into more of your singer-songwriter types and uh, like John Prine and um, Woody Guthrie and, let's see, Bruce Springsteen also. Um, you know, I was kind of standoffish with Bruce for a long time just because the production on a lot of that stuff was not something I was drawn to, but listening to his songwriting on uh, Nebraska and a lot of the other albums, um, gave me a newfound appreciation for uh, for Bruce and what he's done. Um, but again, it varies a lot. I mean, sometimes I'm pulling from Tom Petty, sometimes Johnny Cash, sometimes Lady Gaga. I mean, it's uh, I'm a sucker for a good melody and a uh, sucker for a good story. So, um, yeah, it's all over the place. But early on, it was all that radio country, and now it's uh, a lot more diverse um, and pulling wherever I, I find some inspiration. What recognition have you received? Recognition? Uh, I don't know. I mean, getting featured in different publications, getting an American songwriter was uh, pretty big to me. It's a, an outlet that I've been reading for a long, long time, and the bluegrass situation as well. Um, and then just getting featured on some different playlists, that's always interesting, you know, whether you love or hate streaming, I think the ability to level the playing field in a sense to where I'm right alongside some of my favorite artists is always like a, a really cool thing for me, um, just kind of a validation thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the little things that for me that that are what keep me going and I'm not really chasing um, 
anything, any kind of big recognition. I mean, a Grammy would be awesome, but I think for me, it's just songs resonating with people. Um, and so I'd rather have the recognition of somebody in the crowd listening than some critic in LA, um, to be honest. And, um, that's kind of where my headspace is now. What are some personal goals you wish to achieve through your music? I grew up about 90 miles north of Nashville, um, and I've always, you know, heard about the Grand Ole Opry from the time I was a little kid. And so I think playing the Grand Ole Opry would be a huge, huge thing for me, and having my family in attendance, I think, would just be kind of a full circle moment. Um, so that's that's something I always keep in the back of my mind and kind of stays as a, as a dream, uh, you know, something to chase. Um, other than that, I mean, there are big stages I want to play, like Red Rocks, I think, is on most folks' list, um, and then the Ryman, like with the Grand Ole Opry as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are just stages that you want to get on and, and places you want to reach. Um, but also being real, realistic, I think, is important too for me and, and not getting so caught up in um, if I don't do this, then, then I'm a failure. So uh, I think goals are good, but I think having some far-off ones and and big picture ones are, are helpful, but then also having some day-to-day -day ones. Uh, for me, just career-wise, longevity, I think, is the most important thing to me. And uh, I think the longer that I'm able to stay in it, the better chance I have of reaching some of those far-off dreams. Um, so my goals would be to continue to write and record music uh, at an old age uh, into my uh, the latter years of my life. I look up to Willie Nelson as an artist about... Uh, as much if not more than anybody and I just love the fact that he continually puts out albums and uh, you know just whatever he feels like recording and he's always writing and recording and uh, covering uh, some of his influences um, covering albums by them and so I think just as a model for what I want my career to look like it's just to continually to put out albums with a little bit of uh, disregard for what's going on in the industry and hopefully just uh, kind of carving my own path and building a fan base uh, kind of brick by brick and person by person um, and just keeping it going for as long as I can. Do you have a website and social media on which fans can find out more about you? Folks can find my uh, all my music stuff and about everything but my tax returns at uh, graysonjenkins.com and then I'm on Instagram at GC Jenkins and Facebook uh, Grayson Jenkins Music, and uh, yeah, I don't. I used to have a Twitter, or still have a Twitter, I guess. It's just kind of sitting there that I've uh, talked about getting back on. But uh, website GraysonJenkins.com, Instagram, Facebook, um, and then wherever else I may pop up. Where did the inspiration for your upcoming album come from? It would admittedly probably probably be a lot cooler if I had a, a one particular grand moment that inspired this album but um, admittedly it was just songs that were written over the course of a couple years that kind of detail what was going on in my life at the time uh, through relationships um, and then just my own life and profession and career and uh, personal life too so um, the songs were all just kind of out there floating around and then I, I reeled them in for a recording session and we recorded some other songs not on this album uh, as part of that recording session too and so once the songs were tracked, then it was, let's take a look at these and see um, conceptually or sonically what makes sense to, to put together. And so then uh, I kind of worked backwards, I guess, because I spent, you know, the next year and a half after we recorded the songs, uh, piecing together, uh, you know, the track order, um, trying to develop a little bit of a storyline uh, for how it flows and 
really for me, the, the first part of the album is just me kind of being in a bad place, ending a relationship, being a little bit jaded about uh, the career that I was in and, and not uh, making the strides that I wanted to make. And then the title track, Turning Tides, is a song that kind of tackles depression, anxiety, uh, mental health, uh, my own mental health. And so for me, that's kind of the turning point of, of the album and the turning point of my life um, as told through that song. Um, so I, I keep saying that hope is kind of the main theme on the album. And for me, there, there are some sad songs on there, but I think I always try to bring it back to a little bit of uh, hopeful optimism uh, for, for brighter days ahead, even in a tough situation. Because for me, that's about the only way to deal with life and, and what life throws at you is that you know, you got to take a bad situation and figure out how you're going to get out of it and, and think and, and pray and hope on, um, you know, the brighter days ahead. So not one major uh, particular source of inspiration that uh, inspired me to, to write these songs and record them. They were all kind of individual inspirations. Um, but I think as the album shaped up and as, you know, Turning Tides, the title track kind of continued to stand out to me. It really just developed as kind of a theme for my life um, uh, at the time of recording and mastering and mixing and even now as it's about to be released um, just kind of a little bit of my theme song of just uh, looking ahead to to good things to come how would you introduce one of your favorite tracks off the record so selfishly it's kind of hard to pick uh, one particular song um, and the story kind of behind that um, but for this I'll, I'll pick Kennedy Road and it's it's one that I've been playing out live uh, here recently and, and telling this story or some version of this story um, behind the song. And so this is a song that I co-wrote with my friend Abby Hamilton. Uh, first and foremost, she's a great singer-songwriter. Um, but the song for me started uh, when I was 18 years old because I grew up in a small town in rural western Kentucky and then went to school, went to college in Lexington, Kentucky at the University of Kentucky. So it was like night and day lifestyles. Uh, you know, Lexington felt like New York City to me at the time. And so the first time I drove to Lexington, before I started school, I had to go up there and um, my parents said I could drive if I took a friend with me. And so I didn't take a friend with me, but I printed out the MapQuest directions and got up there and went to Lexington, made it fine. And then a friend of mine told me that I had to try this place called Qdoba, uh, which is basically like Chipotle if, if you have it in your area. But um, I'd never heard of it. I thought it was a Mexican restaurant. And so I thought, well, I've got to go there. And so without MapQuest directions. And so I drove across town, ended up in kind of a shady part of town, unable to find this Qdoba. And I walked in, uh, found the closest Walmart driving around, and I went in and bought a Garmin GPS, which will date me uh, just a little bit. But I went in and bought a, a Garmin GPS. This was before I had a smartphone or anything. And... Uh, so I bought that GPS because I was terrified of, uh, of where I was going to end up in Lexington. And so fast forward, me living in Lexington for years, um, I was driving downtown uh, probably seven or eight years after that incident, and I was just laughing, thinking back about the person that I was then and how green I was to the world and um, just kind of missing that innocence uh, in a sense because I grew up in looking back, a pretty sheltered environment. I grew up on a small farm in a small town uh, with a good group of friends and good family. And then the, the more I've gone throughout life and traveled across the country and, and traveled around the world a little bit, um, the world 
uh, is a little more, everything's a little more gray and right and wrong is a little less discernible. And sometimes people aren't as nice as they were when I grew up. And so the world just makes you a little bit more jaded as you go along. And so this Kennedy Road is a song about me missing that person who was scared to fall asleep because planes were flying overhead the first time I went to a big city and who went and bought a GPS because they got lost trying to find Qdoba and uh, holds a little bit of resentment over people who uh, tell you not to call them sir or tell you not to hold doors for them and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's less about missing the place that I grew up, which is Kennedy Road, but more about missing that person and that innocence that I think we're all kind of drawn to, um, that youthful innocence um, that gives us a little better worldview, um, a little more optimism probably. So that song's to my uh, uh, reminiscing on my younger self. Couldn't walk slow if I wanted to. Couldn't hold a door without a sneer. Couldn't find a supper on a Sunday. Lord, there's no place in this town to keep my old head clear. City life sure has changed me. Now I fall asleep to the passing planes, and I don't speak to or help my. I just miss who it is that I once was Sometimes I just miss who it is that I once was You can call me old-fashioned, but I ain't stuck up Sometimes I just miss who it is that I once was Lord, sometimes I miss who I once was Alright guys, I've got time for one more track for you before I get out of here for the week and I couldn't think of a better way to conclude my show than with our friends Bear Tracks. This one's off their new CD, Songs from the Back Porch. This one's called Orange Blossom Special.
said, what could I do? Cause I knew there'd be no help, no help from you. listening again to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Root Show. A special thanks goes out to Grayson Jenkins for being my showcase band this week. Stay tuned for the next episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Root Show coming out next week featuring the Feinberg Brothers.